When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder... There is nothing worse for a parent than the idea of losing their child. On October 18, 2004, a young boy was born who would disappear off the face of the planet. A boy whose father was absolutely devastated, but whose mother had everything to do with his abduction. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Timothy Pitson, born October 18, 2004, was, at the time the story takes place, just six years old and the only child to James Pitson and Amy Joan Marie Fry Pitson. Living in Aurora, Illinois, the family woke on the morning of May 11, 2011, and, like they did most mornings, got everything ready to take Timothy to school. Now, prior to this date, James and Amy, who had been married for about seven years by this point, had spent the last few weeks fighting on and off. In fact, the pair had been fighting for most of their marriage and even came close to divorcing in 2008 when James found texts between Amy and one of her three ex-husbands asking about a rendezvous while he was out of town. Though they tried to keep up appearances, Amy was known to suffer from bouts of depression and instability. But when she was feeling good, she was known as a sweet and caring woman who loved her son deeply. Now, claiming she did not feel well in the last few days, James decided to change things up slightly and, to help his wife, decided to go into work a little bit late so he could drop Timothy off at school and then drop off Amy at work. So that's exactly what happened on May 11th. And Timothy, waving goodbye to his parents, walked into the Greenman Elementary School and straight into his kindergarten classroom. Just a few hours later, between 8.10 and 8.15 a.m., Amy came back to the school and checked him out of class, claiming that there was a family emergency. Watching the boy leave the building with his mother, 
the office staff had no clue that this was the last time they would ever see young Timothy Pitson. When his son did not get off the bus that afternoon, James flew into a panic and called the school. They told him that Amy had picked the boy up hours earlier, and he, immediately hanging up, called his wife. She didn't answer, so he went ahead and started calling their family members who all told him that they had not spoken to either Amy or Timothy. While he tried to figure out his next move, Amy, who dropped her car off at a repair shop at 10 a.m., had an employee from the shop take her and her son to the Brookfield Zoo. They came back to the shop at 3 p.m. and drove to the Key Lime Cove Resort in Gurney, where they spent the night. The following day, James still completely unaware, the mother and son drove to the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin, where they were spotted on security cameras in the checkout line at 10 a.m. the next day. This was the last time anyone other than Amy saw Timothy Pitson. On May 12th, James called the police and reported his wife and son missing. But the following day, Amy finally used her phone and called not James, but his brother to tell him, quote, Timothy is fine. Timothy belongs to me. Timothy and I will be fine. Timothy is safe. In the background, the man could hear his nephew playing and talking to himself. She then called her mother and, relaying the same information, claimed that they would be back home in a day or two and that she needed some time to, quote, figure out and try to think about how to approach this. The pair never came home, but the calls, when traced, seemed to come from the northwest area of Sterling, Illinois, near Route 40. Later that day, May 13th, Amy was seen alone on security cameras at the Family Dollar Store in Winnebago, Illinois, purchasing a pen, notebook paper, and envelopes. Fifteen minutes later, at 8 p.m., she was seen at a Sullivan's food store, again on her own, and at 11.15, she checked into the Rockford Inn. Sometime between when she entered that room and 12.30 p.m. the following day when the maid walked in, Amy Joan Marie Fry Pitson slashed her wrists, overdosed on antihistamines, and took her own life. Left behind in a note, she apologized for the mess that she made and said that Timothy would never be found but was safe with people who cared for him. Despite her confession, police found a, quote, concerning amount of blood in Amy's car that belonged to her son. However, when presented this detail, members of the boy's family stated that earlier that month, Timothy suffered from a very serious nosebleed inside of the car. Searching inside further, police found evidence that had been parked in a grassy area, possibly near a stream, and close to a highway. Under the rear bumper were pieces of Queen Anne's lace and black mustard weed that, when tested, did provide some more specific locations and led to the theory that she pulled off the main road at some point during her travels and may have either handed over her six-year-old son to someone or disposed of his body. Triangulating all the factors to a specific area, a search was conducted and found nothing of worth. A few years later, Amy's missing cell phone was finally found beside Route 78, but the discovery failed to yield any new pieces of evidence other than the fact that the last place Timothy had been with his mother was in the I-88 and I-39 corridors in the Dixon-Rock Falls-Sterling area and the fact that in the February and March before the abduction, Amy had driven to this area twice for reasons her family 
could not explain. Still missing was the boy's Spider-Man backpack filled with his toys. To this day, no one knows exactly what happened to Timothy Pitson. Whether his mother told the truth and he is alive and well living with an unknown family, or if she took her life out of guilt for killing her son. James Pitson admitted that, before the abduction took place, he gave Amy an ultimatum to pick who she wanted to be with and said that if she did leave him for her ex-husband, he would fight like hell to get sole custody of their son. They believe that she took this threat very seriously and took Timothy away as a result. James, who still believes his son is alive, continues to fight to try and find him. And in 2018, the case was broadcast along with an age progression photo that showed what Timothy might look like at the age of 13. Less than a year later, a local resident in Newport, Kentucky called the police to report a teenager wandering the streets after running across the bridge over the Ohio River. When they arrived, officers found a distraught young man who told them that he was Timothy Pitson. The next day, it was revealed that this boy was not James's missing son and said that while the Aurora police were disappointed that the whole thing was a hoax, they would remain diligent in their search for Timothy Pitson. As of today, Timothy would be 19 years old. His case remains unsolved, but still active. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to A Terrible Thing Happened on October 19th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.